1: You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 100. We're it, it, it,
2: it, it,
1: We're hey, I'm your host, Dr. Yami. I'm a board certified pediatrician, certified health and wellness coach, author, and speaker.
3: We're having broccoli.
1: Welcome back, veggie lovers. Happy Sunday. I am so pleased to be with you today to bring you a very special episode, something really, really unique to celebrate my 100th episode. It is a bit misleading because technically I have a lot more than a hundred episodes because I have all these bonus episodes, especially recently. I've been adding in a lot of bonus episodes, but this is the one that has the number 100 on it. I am getting close to 200,000 downloads of Veggie Doctor Radio lots of ratings, an average five-star rating. Thank you so much. If you really want to help me, if you want to support me, if you haven't already subscribed, rated, and reviewed my podcast, oh my goodness, I would appreciate it so much if you did. You really help us out, help us make a podcast better and better and better each time. I really appreciate you for being here. This episode's going to be a little bit different. I was trying to think of what I should do for my hundredth episode. I thought about bringing somebody like super duper famous on board. I have the person in mind that I would want to get, but I'm still not at the level where this person will come on because I don't quite have enough followers on my social media and I have to get to a certain number before they will use their time, which is very limited to come on my show. So that wasn't an option yet. Hopefully soon, very, very soon, we're getting close. Maybe in the next six months, I can have this expert on. So I thought about that. I, I thought about doing a QA and a with my audience, but then I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I had my family members interview me? So this episode is my two sons and my husband each asking me four questions and us having a conversation. They came up with some really good questions, y'all. So maybe it runs in the Lancaster family blood. We're all good interviewers. And this is such a fun episode. Just a little reminder, especially if you're new to my podcast, I do have a newsletter in which I send out podcast news and other goodies, events, all kinds of things. So please, I really uh, ask you to join my newsletter. Two ways to sign up. You can text the word Fiber, F-I-B-E-R to 66866, or you can go to my website, dryami.com, Forward slash sign up. And that's spelled out D O C T O R Y A M I dot com forward slash sign up. Also, my book is available in both paperback, ebook, and audiobook narrated by myself. Thank you, everybody who's already purchased it. If you have purchased it, could you take an extra little moment and leave me a review on Amazon? I would appreciate it so much. If you haven't already, this book applies to everybody from pregnancy to adolescence, but I've had great feedback from all my mamas that I've read it that it's helped them. It's helped them with their body image. It's helped them feel more comfortable and less stressed feeding their families. So if you're a mom, if you're an aunt, if you're a grandmother, if you're a parent, even if you're a person that someday thinks that they'll have children or you help feed any children, whether you're a teacher or an educator, something like that, this book will benefit you. I really encourage you to pick up a copy, read through it, Definitely reach out to me if you have questions. I really love that more people are reading this book and are applying it to their lives. So, thank you so much. It's called A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. Okay, here we go with episode number
3: 100.
1: Okay, so first up, is my sweet, darling, youngest son, Desta, who's sitting next to me with a sweet smile on his face. Desta is in the fourth grade, and Desta is very thoughtful, very kind. He loves history, and he loves basketball. And he came up with four questions that he wants to ask me for this episode. My first
4: question is, What do you want to do when you retire?
1: Desta, thank you so much for that question. I think that's a great question. And I would like to say that I'm non-traditional in the fact that I don't really look to retire ever. I want to keep working until I can't work anymore. However, I want my life to evolve To accommodate to the things that I look forward to the most. And what I look forward to the most is spending more time with your dad, traveling the world, spending more time with you and your brother, and maybe someday if you guys have kids, spending lots of time with my grandchildren. So I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about having more flexibility when I'm older, maybe in 10, 15 years so that I can do those things, but also continue to serve others through speaking and coaching and medically in some capacity. So that's kind of where I see my life evolving. I don't really see myself just stopping and waiting to see what happens next. Okay, how about you, Desta? What do you want to do when you retire? Um, what do I want to do when I
4: retire? Um, I actually want to um, travel the world. Hmm, I guess that's it. I just kind of want to travel the world.
1: Okay, you want to travel the world. I think that sounds fantastic. You already kind of started traveling the world, right? Yes. So you started in Ethiopia, came to the United States, you've been to Panama. You've been to Costa Rica without me and your brother. Uh, you've been to Mexico. Where else have you been? Canada. Canada, yeah. And hopefully soon you're up once we can travel again. But that sounds like a lot of fun.
4: My next question is, what, what are your favorite hobbies?
1: Great question. Well, honestly, I didn't really have any hobbies until after I moved here to Yakima and started my main job because daddy and I were always so busy with school and training and stuff. So I didn't really have any hobbies, but now my hobbies include physical fitness, like exercise. Like I really love being on my Pelotons and I really love being challenged that way. Running before I used to do half marathons and marathons and hopefully someday I can get back to that. Cooking, I love cooking and learning new ways of cooking, reading, spending time with you guys. But besides all this stuff, like I guess in a way you can think of podcasting as a hobby <laughs> and all the social media stuff. But besides that, those are my main hobbies. I don't have any really like super involved, expensive hobbies like some people might have. How about you? What are your favorite hobbies?
4: Um, basketball. Um, like, could you consider math as a hobby? I guess so, if you just love it. Well, I guess then math (laughs) then. Very cool. How old were you when you knew you
1: wanted to be a doctor? So I've known that I wanted to be a doctor since I was really young. The earliest I can remember is when I was four because my earliest memories are from when I'm four years old. I don't really have any memories from before I was four, but my family says that I actually started saying I wanted to be a doctor since I was three. So it's been a long, long, long time.
4: My final question is, when did you decide that you wanted to write your book?
1: Great question. So my book journey is not super traditional. I, since I was little, wanted to write a book because I thought that would be a cool thing, but I didn't really know what I was going to write a book about until more recently when I started becoming passionate about plant-based nutrition. And then somebody approached me from the plant-based world and they asked me, do you want to write a book? If so, we can help you get you set up with an agent, all that kind of stuff. And I was just, at the time I was so busy making videos and working full time. And I was like, there's no way I could write a book right now. That was like super overwhelming, but I kind of kept it in the back of my mind until I felt a little bit more ready and comfortable because at that time it seemed like an impossible goal. Like like, there's no way I'm going to write a book. That seems really hard. And I started looking into it. And one thing that I learned is that currently a lot of publishers, they look for authors that have like a big following and can do a lot of the marketing themselves. And basically the book sells itself because you have such a big group of people that follow you or on your newsletter, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. But then, as time went on, I started feeling like, you know, maybe this is something that I want to do. And I started to get a little bit more confidence, started to get a little bit more courage. And I looked into self publishing so that I wouldn't have to worry about a publisher saying you need to have this many followers, blah, blah, blah. So I looked into that. I took a course and I started writing a book about plant based nutrition. But before I was done, I was maybe about halfway through, 60% through writing that book. I had an existential crisis where I was like, I don't know if this is the right book. And I was, you know, having a lot of confusion and doubt. And so I decided to put the book away for just a few weeks while I reflected. And during that time of reflection, what came to me was, that I really wanted to focus more on talking about intuitive eating. I want to talk about plant-based nutrition. It's very important, but what I was really called to write about was how we feed our children, not necessarily what we feed our children, because I feel like there's a lot of information on what we can feed our children. And there's lots of great info out there, but there isn't very much info on how, how do we approach feeding our children? How do we approach feeding them in a way that decreases our stress and their stress and leads overall to a more health promoting journey? And during that time that I was reflecting on that, and finally I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rewrite my book with that as the emphasis, have a section on plant-based nutrition, but really I want to talk about intuitive eating. You're not going to believe it, but I got an email from a publisher asking me to write a book on intuitive eating for children, believe it or not. So I felt like the journey was the way it was supposed to be, that everything happened the way it was meant to be. And that's when, even though I was scared out of my mind, everything in my body said, yes, you want to do this, even though you know it's going to be difficult and it's going to be nerve wracking. I cried a lot. I was really anxious a lot of the journey but it was one of the best things i've done because i learned so much through that journey so i guess the short answer is i didn't really decide really to write this book until november of 2018 well thank you so much for interviewing me today i love you very much my sweet boy feel my bowl, just
0: feel it when you grill.
1: Try. Next up is Kian. Kian is a freshman in high school this year. And Kian is a lover of so many different things. Uh, like me, he's very multi-passionate. He loves music. He loves writing. In fact, he's writing his own book right now. It's a fiction book And believe me, he's taking this very seriously, and I cannot wait to read it because I know it's going to be amazing. When I read his writing, often it gives me chills. He's very good at it. He also likes art. He likes running. He's very good at running. Very happy about that. And he's very thoughtful. He likes to think about things, and he likes to do things well, and he's just a lover of life. He enjoys life and gets a lot out of it. So, Kean also has four questions for me, so Mr. Kean, go ahead.
3: So for my first question, I would like to start very close with what's happening in our community right now. Please share how this time of quarantine will shape your actions of giving to the community.
1: That's a great question, Kean. So I know that the COVID-19 pandemic has really challenged us and pushed us in many ways. But I think for me, one of the most eye-opening and inspirational things that has happened during this time is how people have really been so generous and loving and giving to people. And we've all just come out to help each other. And one of the things that I realized from the very beginning is that this pandemic solidified my passion for serving others through my medical knowledge and training and through my passion and training in lifestyle medicine, plant-based nutrition, and helping people learn how they can prevent reverse disease, support their immune systems, and stay as healthy as possible. So even though it's a scary thing that's happening, it solidified that for me. So, I was like, "Heck yes. I'm I'm going to be a soldier in this. I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to be there for my patients' families." And I feel like it's made me feel like I'm an important, necessary part of the community, but also that everybody else is. Because obviously, we can't have groceries without the grocery workers and without people running all the essential items that we need, the delivery trucks, all the other healthcare workers, we're all important. We're all essential. We're all part of this really important community and everybody has a very uh, unique role that we would, you know, not do well without them. So that's how I feel about that question. But I'm curious, Kian, how how do you feel about the quarantine and how it's changed? how you think about the world and life in general?
3: Well, if I were to put one emotion on it to start, it would be gratitude for sure. Um, Before going into this quarantine, I really would take some time to be reflective and really see how much I'm grateful for the rest of the people in the community and what roles they play and really how important they are whether it be the medical workers or people delivering food to your door now. Um, but now when quarantine is actually in the present, I realize how much I can appreciate um, other people's roles and really how much I can polish on my own role. Um, I think it's just made me think of a more sense of urgency in that we shouldn't really take anything for granted. Um, And of course, life is limited too. We don't have infinite life for um, all that's tying into the quarantine. So what I think is it's only going to strengthen really my passions and my ability to contribute to the community in a very meaningful way.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I love that. No, I agree with that. Lots of gratitude. And I have to admit, and I've told you guys this before. There's some things I've really loved about this. You know, I've loved spending more time with you guys and seeing all of you work on your schoolwork. You have your Zoom meetings and we can have lunch together and I can check in on you. You know, I'm going to work several days a week, but when I'm here, I love being with you. And so that's been really fun. It's been somewhat more relaxed and we can watch movies and do things like that together. So there's been some positives, but I definitely agree that it's, it's brought a more sense of mortality to our lives right like we could get sick and we could potentially even die from this we could pass from this so it makes it really important that every day we really take seriously and we don't take it for granted
3: right and i would also like to say that the point you had on seriousness in how we take our days i think of it not as being serious as not showing emotions during this time but um otherwise with your family especially being able to um show vulnerability in a healthy way because of course you've helped me a lot with this too um i've been sort of struggling to piece together some of my school work and school related items because it's different now and i don't see all my classmates so i think now um after we've gone over it it's really going to help me be more like um able to appreciate that you're able to listen to me and um really I I can you know look for you to in advice for anything um in that it's really yeah all bringing us closer together.
1: Oh, thank you baby. Well, I hope you always feel like that and it's it's really a privilege to be your mother. Both you and your brother, you guys are amazing individuals and I feel incredibly blessed to have you guys. As my children.
3: My next question for you is a little lighter, but certainly more relevant um, to everyone today and at any time. How will you motivate yourself to get on the Peloton early next morning?
1: All right, I love this question. (laughs) I love this question because Kian knows me very well. I am a morning exerciser and I love getting up in the morning and exercising before anybody else wakes up. And getting it done early in the day. So, that's an interesting question because you use the word motivation. And one thing that I've learned is that we aren't born with motivation. Motivation is not something that's just there, we have to generate motivation. And it helps to develop some sort of habit or routine that you inherently want to do or is linked to something else so that you will continue to perform that habit even on days that you don't really want to. So, most days because I'm a very routine person, I just know that my alarm goes off, I get my exercise clothes on, I go do my Peloton and I have a routine for that too. So, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do bike. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I do the tread. In addition, I go for walks, those kinds of things. Sundays usually my off day, so I might do a yoga if I want to, but otherwise I won't do anything. But the way that I continue to do that every day is because I know it makes me feel amazing. Right. And if I don't exercise, I, in a few days, I won't feel good. You know, my muscles will hurt. I'll start getting achy. I might even start to get a little depressed and down. So the thing that, that drives me To get up and exercise in the morning is the feeling of well being that I love having that helps me perform my best and helps me be joyful, which is the way I want to feel.
3: So it's for you, it's not a feel then exercise, it's exercise because of how you will feel afterwards.
1: Exactly. And that's what I try to convey to others too is that when we start tuning into our bodies, when we do things that are health promoting, They usually do make us feel better. And what I'm looking for is well being and joy. That's what I want in my life. So I wanna do more things that give me authentic joy. There's some false joys out there, but authentic joy and well being. And I will continue doing that. And if I get off track, I get back in because then I start going away from that joy. And for me, not sleeping, not exercising, not eating properly for my body. I start to feel tired. I start to feel a little bit sad, maybe even a little depressed, get cranky. It just physically and emotionally does not feel good to me. How about you? I know that you really love exercise too. What kind of techniques do you use to motivate yourself to exercise?
3: Well, I'd like to say that I also share that technique where I think of how I'm going to feel after I exercise more so than before I exercise. Um, But another common technique I use that a lot of other people I think use as well, I've seen people use this a lot, is that when I exercise, I really like to listen to music that's motivational for me because it really helps me sort of get in a rhythm and a pace and helps me not think about, like, how hard the exercise is going to be or challenging or really what steps I'm going to go through precisely, but sort of go f- into the rhythm from one thing into the next and really just enjoy in the present and not really thinking so much about the future in the moment. Because the reason why I like exercise is not because um, of something in the future, like in the moment of exercise, it's because I really enjoy in the moment that I am putting work in to make myself better. So I'm constantly getting better with in exercise.
1: Awesome. I love that. Hey humans, I know you want to eat healthier, but feel strapped for time. And even the thought of meal planning and cooking stresses you out. Well, have you considered trying a meal kit service? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that make it easy to stick to a healthy living routine. Find recipes for every lifestyle, including plant-based diets. Green Chef delivers quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients, including low-added sugar and sodium smart options. You get to choose from 80-plus flavor-packed options that allow you to take back time in your kitchen with dinner ready in 30 minutes and lunch in 10. Try 15-plus new recipes every week. But here's the best part. Green Chef delivers everything you need to make convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals directly to your doorstep. Each meal kit includes pre-measured ingredients as well as some produce that comes already pre-chopped and custom sauces that are pre-made in-house. They also provide the recipe cards and the meals are really simple to make. It's a delicious, fresh, home-cooked meal without the hassle. What I love the most about Green Chef is that it takes the stress out of cooking. The recipes are easy to follow and everything you need is included. So even the less experienced cooks in your house can make a delicious home-cooked meal. It's perfect for those seasons in your life that you're really busy with your kids' sports and school events, hello spring, and time is limited, especially if you want fresh, home-cooked, healthy meals to put on the table. So if you're feeling frustrated by the lack of time to eat healthy and you are ready to try Green Chef and see how easily you can integrate it into your healthy lifestyle, go to greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use code IAMHUMAN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com forward slash IAMHUMAN50 and use the code IAMHUMAN50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Equilibria is a woman owned wellness brand with products intended to bring your mind and body back in harmony. They consider themselves a by women and for women company, and they now offer a nutrient dense green powder called Daily NutriGreens. Myself and my staff here at Nourish Wellness all tried the Daily NutriGreens greens and we loved it. The Daily Nutrigreens greens contain an immune, antioxidant, and detox blend along with prebiotics, probiotics, and over 35 fruits and veggies. It also contains other important nutrients such as B12, iron, zinc, and selenium. The Daily Greens are certified organic and all you have to do is mix it with water, but you can also easily add to your smoothies, your oatmeal, or your baked goods. The daily nutri are vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. And another bonus is that the packaging is compostable. Yay! When I tried the Apple Banana Daily Nutri-Greens, I was surprised by the pleasant and mild flavor. It was easy to prepare and drink and didn't leave any aftertaste. And I felt great afterwards. It's really easy to create a daily ritual around your green drink, integrated into your daily self-care routine. A green powder is one way to fill the gap in daily nutrition and is an easy and convenient way to get in your greens. These powders are a great way to add more nutrients into your diet during busy times, travel, and transitions in life when you don't have Time or access to fresh green veggies. If you're interested in trying Equilibria's Daily NutriGreens, head to myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, that's D R Y A M I, for 15% off Equilibria's Daily NutriGreens and much more. That's myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, D R Y A M I, at checkout for 15% off site wide today. Yeah, and I'm sure there's research out there that shows that listening to music while you exercise helps you perform better. Um, I just don't know of it, but I'm sure that it's out there. I'm sure that it exists.
3: So since our last few questions went very well, I'd like to go back on a topic that is relevant to the first question in that if we tie in with both of these questions, can really help us to see a bigger picture in all of this. How do you see yourself as a piece of the puzzle when contributing to causes which take teamwork?
1: That's an excellent question. And I think when I was younger, I felt like I had to do everything myself or maybe that I should do or I wasn't good enough if I couldn't do everything by myself. But now I realized that everything takes teamwork. Everything I do, whether I'm serving families in person at my office or I'm putting together a podcast episode, everything takes teamwork and it's better with teamwork. It's better with other people involved, with other perspectives, with other brains, because you know... I like the way I think and I think I have pretty good ideas, but you know, me and you, we have different ideas about things. And sometimes you see things from a completely different perspective than I do. And it helps open up my mind. It helps open me to new ideas and new thoughts, new approaches. And that's what it's going to take to help our society, to help us get to a place where we have that well-being that we want, where we have that joy that we want the more we can work together as a team, the better it'll be. And so I've learned to ask for help. I know I am a very passionate person. I know I'm very bold and I like to get things done, but when I've asked for help, when I've been part of a team, when I've helped other teams and helped bring up other people, mentor other people, I think it makes everything better for me and for others. What about you? What, what are your thoughts on teamwork? Because I think, you know, you're very young and sometimes I've heard you say that, you know, group projects and stuff like that, <laughs> you'd rather do yourself because I understand, you know, you're, you're very a hard worker and you like things done a certain way. So what's your perspective on teamwork?
3: Well, I feel like all that I do and that I'm motivated to do in my passions really do end up contributing to society in some way or another. It's not all for myself. So what I feel about teamwork now is that, yes, um, sometimes I still do feel like, um, just emotionally at at first, that it would be best for a project to be done by myself and that it'd be best in my own eyes. And that may be true, but what I feel like would really be impactful for not just me, but everyone around me, and for people to continue to help me with things that I'm passionate about. Um, teamwork really lies in that. Um, actually, a lot from where I learned that teamwork is something that I value a lot is from Camp Dudley. Mm-hmm. Um, and at Camp Dudley, they, in in like the leadership development program that I did last year, we went on this sort of rope trail going around several trees. And we were blindfolded. And what they would ask us to do is we'd be blindfolded, we'd be brought over to the rope, and we'd put our hands in the rope. And our counselors would say, okay, just try to find the end of this rope, you know, walk in this direction, and ask for help when you need it. And we just kept walking and walking and walking, and it was like a really, really long trail. And eventually, a few people started to ask for help, and more people started to ask for help. And I felt like I wanted to stand strong enough because I thought the test was to see how long you can try, like, your your persistence, how long you can um, persist through this rope until you ask for help. But really, in reality, and I was trying to notice this too, the rope just went in a loop around and around and around and around. And the only way I figured out that there was no end of the rope was by asking for help. And um, I was actually one of the last few who did ask for help. So after that, I realized that Asking for help really does open up your perspective on things. And it's really exciting for me to see what other people's perspectives can give me when I'm really trying to do something influential. So I feel like teamwork is something that, well, might not be as neat, I guess, in the moment. Like I feel like sometimes it can, it can be a little disorganized, but the more you do teamwork, the more you and a specific group of people learn to work together better and can produce a better result.
1: Wow. What a great story, Kian. I learned something very similar in my Jack Canfield seminar that I went. Um, There was like this one activity where we had to figure out a puzzle and there was people that knew the answers to that puzzle and they would walk around and they would clap if you're getting closer or they would not do anything if you weren't getting closer to solving the problem. But they didn't say that that's what was happening we didn't know. And people that were just ignoring everybody else, it took them much longer to solve the puzzle than the people that paid attention to the others trying to help them. And I think that that is one characteristic that I had, especially when I was younger in your age, in that I felt proud. Like, I don't want to have to ask for help. I should be able to do this on my own. I should be smart enough to do this on my own. And if I can't figure it out on my own, there's something wrong with me. You know, there's a problem. There's a flaw with me. But really, if we take that approach, it is going to take longer to get to where we want in life. Why not ask for help? Why not depend on each other? And another thought I had was with this coronavirus epidemic pandemic, It's been so amazing to see how innovative people are. And, you know, I'm very specialized and I feel like I know a lot about my field, especially when it comes to nutrition and lifestyle medicine. That's my passion. I'm very specialized. There's things I have no clue about. Like, I had no clue that you could 3D print a mask. Wow how incredible that they have companies that are 3D printing, not just masks, but all of this other PPE and equipment that people can use. Thank goodness that there's people that think in different ways and can contribute their talents and their ideas. And you're right at the beginning, it might seem a little messy. It might seem like it complicates matters further, rather than just doing it yourself. But I think in the end, that's how we're going to come together and solve the world's biggest problems is through teamwork.
3: Now, this question I feel might be one of the most important ones. So I'll ask it right now and see how we both think about this. How would the world be different without you in it?
1: Wow, Kian, that is such a deep question. And wow. So I love it because I think it's really important that we don't take ourselves for granted. And we can be really down on ourselves. And I know both me and you share that sometimes. We're we're perfectionists. We always want to do better than we have. We want to do the best at something. And because of that. If we fall short, we may feel very dejected and we feel like, "Ugh, I made all this mistakes or I'm a failure or whatever." But the truth is is that every single human being, almost eight billion people on this planet, is unique. Every single person is unique, and we all have different perspectives. we all have Different preferences. We all have different ideas. And just think if I weren't here, you wouldn't be here. If I weren't here, Desta wouldn't be living here in the United States. Um, My patients wouldn't have the doctor that they have. There would be so many things. It reminds me of the butterfly effect. Like if we went back and I was never born, there's so many things that wouldn't have happened. And this question makes me just so suddenly appreciative and grateful for my life. Even if there's times when I didn't feel I was good enough, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad that I've gotten to experience this and be here through all the tough times and all the great times.
3: Exactly. Doesn't it make you feel that you somehow chose to be here, that there's a very significant reason why every person is on this earth?
1: Well, I've definitely thought that at times that maybe being alive is, is a chosen thing. Like it's almost like a game that we're playing that we want to be here. We want to test it out. We want to experience the joys and the funds and the depths and the peaks of emotion and love. Oh, love is the best There's nothing better than the love I have for you and your brother. I mean, there's nothing that can top that emotion. It's just so pure, so strong. Nothing can shatter it. So yeah, man, it's that's a wonderful question, Key. And I think that's a question I may even write on a little note and put somewhere whenever I'm feeling bad about myself, just to think, how would the world be different without me in it? So thank you for letting me reflect on myself a little bit.
3: You're very welcome.
1: Kian, thank you so much for those questions. Those were amazing. I love you so much, and I appreciate you so much, and I am so proud to be your mother.
3: It? When you it, when
1: time, I you try. Okay, so up next is my dear darling husband. In a couple of weeks, no, actually next week, babe, just want to remind you right now, next week is our anniversary, (laughs) 19 years, okay, so don't forget, Um, and we've been together for over 20 because we started dating freshman year of college, we're college sweethearts, and we got married the day after graduation from college on a Monday, we were both 21 years old. So maybe I should ask you a question. Do you have any regrets? I'm just joking. Okay, so he's going to ask me questions. (laughs) I probably shouldn't go there. Or this podcast episode is going to turn into something very different. So my darling husband, Brad, now has four questions for me.
2: All right. Well, I have four questions for you. But before I start with that, I just wanted to say congratulations on 100 episodes. I know how hard you work on this. And, um, you know how much I love to be broadcasting to thousands of people. (laughs) And, um, anyway, so this, this, this means a lot to you. So I'm willing to come and do that for you. Okay. All right. Let's start off with number one. What professional accomplishment are you most proud of so far?
1: Well, babe, I really appreciate you. You know, I've, I push you out of your comfort zone, right? I mean, this is like our whole relationship. So you should just thank me for that. <laughs> but anyway, I know for the listeners, we are complete opposites. Okay. Like, I love performing. I love being in the spotlight. I love it. I like literally thrive. I get better when people are watching me. That's just part of my personality. Brad's the opposite. Like, he's like, I don't want the attention. I don't want anybody to hear me on the podcast or be on video. So I try not to put him in those situations, but he was willing. He agreed to do this. So thank you. As far as the question, what professional accomplishment am I most proud of? I think this is a great question and I had to think about it for a little bit because I'm really proud of a lot of things. I wanted to be a doctor for so long. So even just graduating medical school and becoming a doctor i think is one of my biggest dreams in my whole life come through, come true so i'm really proud of that but i think that when it comes to professional achievements the thing that has consistently pushed me out of my comfort zone and has caused me to grow in so many ways as an entrepreneur as a businesswoman has allowed me to gain confidence is starting my own practice It was really scary. And I have to thank you, babe, because you're the one that said, you know, I know you want to do this. I give you permission to do this. I will protect the family income so that you have the freedom to do this. So I'm really grateful for you because I don't think I would have been able to do it if I knew that our family depended on the income during that time. So I had the freedom to really explore, but I've learned so much by starting my own business and I I have confirmed the fact that I love being the boss. <laughs> <laughs> and I love being my own boss. Surprise. <laughs> so, and and I think that I'm I've provided a good service for my families. I get a lot of fulfillment out of it and it's really caused me to learn things that I don't think I would have ever learned had I not taken that leap. So, that would be my professional accomplishment that I'm most proud of.
2: Okay. Question two is what is one thing that you have not accomplished yet that you aspire to?
1: This one's easy. I knew this one right away, and that is to do a half Ironman. So a few years ago, I got really into running half marathons. I ran 13 half marathons, two full marathons. I pushed it to the limit. My plantar fasciitis got way out of control, and then I had to completely stop running. So I would love to. I still have it on my vision board. It's still a dream of mine someday to be able to complete a half Ironman. So that's running a half marathon. You start with a swim, which I can't even remember how long it is, and then you finish with a bike ride. And I think total, it's 70.2 miles total with everything. And I just, I just really want that, but I also want to get the tattoo after. And I know you're not very um, you know, agreeable to that, but really I want to be able to do it and then get the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do a full Iron Man; That's just excessive, but a half would be great. So that's something that I really would love to do at some point in my life.
2: Okay, question three is, what advice do you have for those that feel too afraid to pursue their dreams?
1: I love this. As a coach, I feel like one of my gifts and one of the things I love doing is inspiring others and showing people the capacity that they have inside of themselves to succeed and to reach their goals. If you have a dream, if there's something that's burning inside of you that you wanna do, you just have to pursue it. Don't let fear stop you because you're always going to have fear. I mean, it's normal. We're human. We're, we don't want to go to areas of discomfort. So it's normal to have anxiety. It's normal to have fear, but there's no way that you're going to be able to accomplish the goal if you don't take action. So really, for, for those of you out there that have a dream and you know who you are, you have that dream inside you. It's burning bright. You really want to do this thing my number one recommendation, my tip is to take action despite your fear. You have to, even if it's just one tiny step to begin with. And then step by step by step, you'll look back and you're like, I did that. And for every big thing that I've done, that's the only way to do it. It's freaking scary as hell. I can say hell now because my kids are out of the room, but you know when when kean and desta were interviewing me and i and i was talk thinking about and talking about the things that i've done it's all been scary like going through medical school going through residency starting my own practice writing my book writing my book was scary almost the entire time like brad can attest to that i cried I was doubtful the whole time. I'm like, nobody's going to read my book. My book's not good. It's not good enough. It's just uh, like the whole time you, you just have to keep going. That's the only way to do it. So I think this is a fabulous question, Brad. And hopefully for the listeners out there, you know who you are. You have that goal. You have that dream. You just need to start taking action no matter how small, just do it and start now.
2: Okay, question four is, what do you think are the cornerstones to a long, happy, and healthy life?
1: Well, of course, this is my area of expertise. <laughs> my poor husband has to do this with me. But the main thing, actually, is probably going to surprise you, the listener. But really, I think the most important thing to a happy and healthy life is managing your thoughts and feelings. Because it doesn't matter if you have the perfect nutrition, if you work out every day, sleep, if you do all those things inside, if you're not managing your thoughts and your feelings, you're going to have depression, anxiety, anger, those emotions that are unresolved thoughts about other people. And you could be potentially very miserable, could be very miserable inside of your head. So the number one thing is learn to manage your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. And then of course the rest is lifestyle medicine. Just like I said, eat a predominantly or a fully whole food, plant-based diet, exercise regularly, preferably every day, at least 30 minutes, moderate intensity, get your sweat on, sleep seven to eight hours per night, avoid your risky substances and stay connected to people socially. I think we're learning now that we've taken for granted that ability to connect with other people. And with this COVID-19 pandemic, We're all realizing how much we really need to be connected to others. So all of those things are important. And I think a desire to do those and do the best you can and know that being a human and being alive means inherently that we're exposed to risk. So we just do the best we can. Nobody's going to be perfect. We are still vulnerable humans made of flesh and blood. So sometimes we're still going to get sick despite doing those things. But if you do those things, you manage your thoughts and your feelings, you eat a whole food plant-based diet, you exercise, you get your sleep, you avoid risky substances and behaviors, and you stay connected to people. You are really increasing your chances of living a long, healthy, and happy life. Well, Brad, thank you for those questions. Anything else that you'd like to say to the listeners? You want to confess anything about me or, you know, tell on me for anything that I do that I shouldn't be doing?
2: No, I just want to say congratulations again. I know you work really hard on this, and it's something that um, you put a lot of energy to. So no jokes or funny stories, just uh, congrats and good job.
1: Thank you so much, Brad. I love you so much. And thank you for supporting me and tolerating me. Because, you know, I like being the boss, like I said, not just at work, but also at home. (laughs) But, you know, I do let him have some boss-like activities in the house. So. Thank you so much and thank you all for listening to episode number 100 of Veggie Doctor Radio. This has been super fun. I appreciate you all so much. I hope that was a little bit different and that you enjoyed hearing from my family and questions that they had for me. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. It means so much to me. It really makes a difference. You make a difference by coming every week. Thank you and have a plantastic day. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons, for permission to use the broccoli song, to find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at Rocket Surgeons Music. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, all of my social media links can be found in the podcast description. Send me a message and let me know what you think of today's podcast. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast. And drop me a line if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day.
2: We're having broccoli.